okay. I think we are recording now. Crazy, crazy story. I have a uh, awesome guest for you guys, the one and only Nate Ginsberg, guys. And uh, he's coming live from where are you right now? Sitting in a co-working space in Manila. Oh, Manila. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So uh, up front, we're going to talk about how Nate, he just sold his uh, Amazon FBA business, his physical product business, or at least a portion of it for near seven figures from what uh, I hear. I was actually just chatting with uh, Evan Teague, uh, who my audience knows quite well, and he was telling me about how you just sold your business and you two were just hanging out in Bali and Evan's like, yeah, man, you should definitely interview him. And I uh, hit him up and boom, a week later, now, uh, now we're chatting and he got you on the podcast. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Yeah. It was, was uh, awesome to catch up with Evan and in, in Bali, like last week or two weeks ago. And just to kind of clarify or paint the picture, I, I wasn't originally planning on coming to Manila, but I don't know if you're following, but there's a volcano that's about to erupt in Bali. So yeah. So I left and now I'm here uh, and Evan's the man and thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Evan is the man indeed. Um, so boom, what just happened, you just sold your business. Uh, I like to go to the very beginning, the start of your um, entrepreneurial journey. Um, so yeah, tell people, I guess, just your brief, your brief background, where are you from? How did you get into the entrepreneur scene and also the digital nomad travel scene? And how did it all start for you for people that are looking into it? All right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Good, good question. So I was, uh, I was 23 years old, um, just finished teaching English in South Korea for a year wow. and was backpacking through Southeast Asia on my way home really had had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to do something, you know, cool or not shitty, but you know, yeah, something know interesting. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I'm in uh Pai in Northern Thailand, which I think you're, you're, oh, yeah, I've been there. Uh, I would think familiar with, and yeah, hanging out at this uh, hostel in the middle of this, these beautiful rice fields. And I met this guy, Andrew, that, you know, literally changed my life forever. And it's crazy how, you know, one little conversation in one random hostel in Northern Thailand can like totally change the course of, well, my life. And I think, you know, it's possible for, for anyone's life. And That's crazy. So, so yeah, so I met Andrew. He was telling me about his online business, introduced me to uh, internet marketing and SEO and outsourcing and at the time, Odesk, now Upwork, and all this shit just totally blew my mind that, that yeah. this kind of thing was possible. Yeah. And you know, f from that moment on, I, I remember still, I remember you know, meeting Andrew and him telling me this stuff, and it was, it was literally like uh, a switch was flipped. And you know, from that moment on, I, just, I, I knew that that kind of lifestyle was, you know, that was what I wanted for myself. And it didn't matter what it was going to, like, it, it wasn't even a consideration of if it was going to happen. It just, I just knew that this is, this was so obviously the, the path and the, the direction that I wanted to be going in. Exactly. And so, so yeah, uh, from, from then, you know, met Andrew, uh, blew my mind, totally inspired and uh, had some ideas of uh, some 
online lead gen business that I was going to start to work on. And yeah, from, from that, uh, got back home, got to work. Not that long after, got uh, smacked in the face pretty hard by, by reality. Um, the, the original business that I was working on was not going so hot, um, was failing. All of my, uh, you know, savings were, you know, I was, I was running out of all my savings. And honestly, I remember at that time feeling, you know, I was, I was feeling depressed, didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, business wasn't working. Uh, I, I was living in Chicago at the time and, uh, was you know faced with this question of do I do I get a job or do I you know move back home and, and and keep on pursuing my dreams? So I got some advice from a lot of a lot of smart people and decided to swallow my pride, move back home, and mm. you know keep on uh, keep on keeping on. Yeah. So so what? So yeah, uh, got, real quick, what was your what was your initial business? It was, it was an online thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. The original idea, which it's, it's, I mean, the idea wasn't so bad. I had no idea what I was doing or, you know, how to execute it, but was a, a lead generation for cosmetic surgeons. So I had a bunch, a bunch of websites of like my cosmetic surgery, Baton Rouge, my cosmetic surgery, you know, Miami, my cosmetic surgery, Chicago. Yeah. And the idea was build these sites yeah, uh, you know, local SEO, get them to rank when you type in, you know, cosmetic surgery city. Yeah. And, you know, build a lead list and 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 sell the leads. And, you know, we 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 built the sites. We some of them were, you know, got some ranking, we're getting some traffic, but but yeah, I beyond that had no idea. I mean, I, I didn't make a single dollar from them. Certainly learned a lot. Yeah. Spent a lot of money. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just a learning process. Like at least you, you, you got in the online game in the digital the marketing game, whatever you want to call it. And like my, like my first couple projects or ventures, whatever, they were just learning experiences and they don't end up to be your, your big, your big hitter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you went back, you started saving up money again, got a job. Uh, no, well, I, I didn't get a job, uh, moved back home, kept on, you know, kept on keeping on. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I, I just got home, buckled down and just like totally committed myself to making this work. I was, I was living at my mom's house, you know, yeah. not a ton of distractions. Yeah. Uh, and this just became, you know, my life just, you know, podcasting at the gym, uh, tropical MBA and Pat Flynn and yeah. you know, business mastery. And she just started was uh, hustling on, uh, Odesk, which is now Upwork yeah. and, and, and yeah, you know, I was, I was home for, I think it was like five, five or six months and, and just, you know, was, was buckling down and trying to get any opportunity that I, you know, that I could find from, from, you know, freelancing on Upwork. And I, I just kind of, it made this shift in my head. So before with the, with the, uh, cosmetic surgery lead gen sites, I was really, I, I thought I was like, I could be the boss and hire people to do this and, and that actually, I, I learned some valuable skills uh, of like how to hire, for example. But, but yeah, but I realized when I moved back home that if I was gonna, if I was gonna make this work, then, then I had to, I had to do the work, yeah. which, which I did and, and was able to, you know, doing work and, and building skills from freelancing. And I was writing articles, doing guest blogging, SEO, doing AdWords. Um, 
you know, mostly, I mean, online internet marketing related stuff and, yeah. and, and yeah, you know, uh, five months, six months later, uh, built up enough, you know, freelance income and, you know, the thing with, with, with Upwork, uh, you know, one opportunity, you know, it starts as this and then it leads into this and now you're, yeah. you know, partnering together on niche sites or whatever. And, and so, yeah, it was about five or six months that I uh, was home and saving up some money to, to make, you know, to, to have enough, you know, income to then yeah. uh, take off again. And yeah, that was like four and a half years ago now. Okay, cool. That was my next question. Four and a half years. Yeah. That's not that long ago. That's uh, wow. Crazy. So yeah, it was still Odesk. Uh, at that point. So yeah, you just got onto the freelancing side and just started doing different internet marketing activities to, yeah, I mean, to get money. You know, build, yeah, like building skills. So, so yeah. prior, I w was learning a lot or reading a lot about internet marketing and SEO and this uh -huh. and that. But, but I was, I, you know, I thought that I could just like hire people to do these things. Oh, SEO, we got to do SEO. Well, I'll just hire, you know, find some, some freelancer in India to, yeah. who says he does SEO and, and, uh, you know, I had, I had a bit of an understanding, but, but yeah, that, uh, well, didn't work for me. <laughs> uh, and then what, you know, what started to work is when, when I was doing the work, it's like, okay, like I wasn't, I wasn't contracting things out. Like I was the one writing the articles and I was the one, you know, doing the, uh, a lot of my stuff was, was articles, AdWords, guest blogging that turned into, uh, partnerships with, with, uh, it, you know, building relationships and then partnerships and then launching into this and that, yep. you know, went into that and this and, and yeah, you know, kind of went on that for, for a handful of years until mm -hmm. I, I guess, until I got into FBA. Cool. Um, awesome. So yeah, getting into FBA, how did you tell us the story of how you got into that? And, uh, yeah. So I, was so a, a bunch of my friends or I had friends that were, were getting into Amazon and, and having some success with it. Uh, I think the same, I think we heard the same guy speak at the same conference talking about his experience, you know, getting into FBA and yeah. So you were there, you were there at the 2014 DSL. I, I, the first one, right. Or I was at the, the very first, first one the first in Chiang Mai. Yeah. yeah, when, yeah when, okay. When so, that's yeah. kind of where we first associated and probably met uh, back then. But that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, so then, and so Ben, who spoke, was yeah. a friend of mine before. Oh, and, okay. And so he was, so he had, I, I knew about his business a little bit. And, um, and, and, and yeah, that was kind of like the, the final push of like, all right, you know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to do something like I got to commit to something else. I mean, freelancing, it, it was okay. I, I was supporting myself and was traveling, but like that wasn't the business, you know, that I wanted. And I tried a bunch of stuff. I tried drop shipping stores. I made, you know, info product courses. I was doing marketing agency and, wow. and stuff, stuff went okay, but nothing really, you know, really hit. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until, so yeah, I guess it was, it was after, after the, the DSL retreat that uh, I, I, you know, kind of committed myself like, all right, I gotta, I got, I'm going to do Amazon. I got to figure out what product I'm going to launch. You know, got to launch a product. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Um, so that's crazy. So you guys got into it or you got into it basically the same time that we got into it. And so this is so interesting. Um, that was, that was three years ago this month. 
uh, this week, actually. It's October 6th. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's October right. 6th, 2017. And the conference was actually October 7th, uh, 2014. And I remember that date because it was actually literally written on our wall, October 7th, 2014. And we had a big poster board. And me and Parker's one one bedroom studio apartment. And I talked about this other podcast. We, I slept on the couch for a year and we, members of DSL, obviously building our dropshipping stores nights and weekends while working our, our jobs at home. And I just, that date, October 7th, that's when we got started. So yeah, it's three years in the digital nomad game uh, this, this week. Crazy. So um, for people starting, they always ask me what type of an investment does it, uh, does it take to start FBA? Um, did you did you get funding after your test order like we did? Um, can you share a little bit about the the capital that you started with and how many products you launched and how did you go? Yeah. So so we started with or I started uh, with with one product. It was uh, it was oversized and uh -huh. so it had to be shipped by shipped by ocean. You know my yeah. my first product did not take off very quickly. I remember I placed my first, like sent the down payment on like Christmas day of, of that year. Cool. Yeah. And you know, I, I think I was finally in stock because production takes forever and ocean shipping takes forever. And I don't know what I was doing. And I didn't get into stock uh, until like end of March or maybe it was even April of <laughs> that's the exact same as us. We, we did our first well, test order in March, April. And, and now we're here. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> And uh, so, so yeah, that first product, I ordered like 400 units. I think it cost me like five grand out of my okay. own pocket. Yep. And yeah, to be honest, it, I mean, it was okay. Like, you know, I didn't know that much or how to be aggressive or push things. And it was, it was okay. Uh, but it wasn't, and I was making some sales and maybe it was doing three a day or five a day or some days eight or nine. And, uh, but yeah, it wasn't until my second product that I launched in, I think like July, June or July of, of that year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the and same that's as the us. One. Second product in July. Yeah. And that's that, you know, that was small. It was, it's inexpensive. I mean, I think it was selling for like eight bucks and oh, that okay. one, I, I, I thought that it could sell maybe 10 a day or 15 a day. And you know, all of a sudden it goes in, it starts selling, you know, the initial order was like 600 units or whatever. All of a sudden it gets in, it's selling 10 a day, 20 a day, 30 a day, 50 a day. I'm like, Woo! shit, nice. <laughs> you know, I, I got to order more. Like all of a sudden, like this stuff's selling. It's, you know, I, I can't stay in stock. I'm, you know, start to max out credit cards to, you know, buy more inventory. And, oh, wow. And then, you know, from, from that one, we expanded into a handful of like similar, similar type products. And so then I went from, you know, two products to, you know, four to five to six or something by, wow. by, uh, the, the holidays and of 2015, uh, this is just yeah. one year into it or like basically less yeah. than a year. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. Well, so well, a lot of the products that we, you know, expanded, like they were, you know, with the same, same supplier, they were similar types of products. So we just tried yeah. to like, you know, max out the, the category. Like, yeah. Just duplicate the success. Um, mm -hmm. similar yeah, product, yeah. same, same, but different. Okay. Just, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Get, break so, up as much as you can in that niche. Yeah. And so, you know, during that time, you, know, you don't want to talk about cash flow. Like basically, yeah. you know, I had nothing it was, you know, I, I started with like hardly any money in my bank to begin with. And yeah, like I said, was, was maxing out credit cards to, 
you know, uh, you know, one credit card for, for this, you know, to down payment on this supplier and then the final payment on, on this, on this PayPal, and then, you know, paying the shipping on this card and this, and, you know, and our, our sales were growing. I remember from, it was like August, like July, August, September, October, I think our sales doubled like every month, which I mean, started wow. from like two, you know, maybe 2000, but still, you know, two to four to eight to 16 to 30 to, you know, we ended up having a, you know, a big holidays. <laughs> Talking like, like in revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Revenue. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I remember our, our first, like, you know, was, was shooting for, you know, a thousand dollar revenue day. And then we hit that. And then our, our first, you know, 1500 revenue day. And, and, and yeah, you know, during, during this time it, it was growing, it was, it was super, super exciting, but like, you know, I still had like this much money in my bank. I was, I was, tra- you know, transferring out enough to kind of cover my expenses and live, yeah, but it's, it's tight. Yeah. It's, it's, it is tight. So, and, so and Ali, we, Alibaba took credit, credit card. No, this was mostly with one supplier who I could pay on PayPal. And so uh, I did PayPal, PayPal credit, card. credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, gotcha. And, and yeah, so then, you know, we had a big holiday run up. Um, and, and yeah, you know, sold a lot. I think we had maybe seven or eight products, uh, or something at that time. Wow. That's um, fast. So did you have, did you have bring on a partner or were you well, launching these all yourself or? Yeah. So, so it started, it was just, it was just me and then and into the holidays and then after the holidays, you know, sales, sales dropped, but still, you know, I, I think we were, we must've been doing like 40, 50, 60 K uh, revenue or something uh, around that. Wow. Uh, if I remember right. And, um, and, and, and yeah, then, uh, pretty shortly and, and, and business was growing. It was awesome. But you know, my bank account was still, you know, looking like yeah, this. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, around then I caught up with and was chatting with my, my friend, uh, Travis, who was the, uh, one of the co-founders of AMZ tracker who, he at that time had recently sold a big stake in, in that business. Uh, I mean, Travis has been always one of the most successful guys that I've known with success in, you know, all, all a wide variety of different businesses. And, you know, we started talking, you know, we, we'd known each other for years and he was, you know, now trying to shift roles and kind of get more involved in, in investing. And, uh, you know, my business was, was growing and we had a really good relationship and, uh, you know, I wanted some cash, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, the, the business was, was doing, was doing great and growing, mm-hmm. but, but like my bank account wasn't. And so, so yeah, around, around March, uh, the, I guess we, you know, finalized a deal where Travis bought into, bought into my business, which, at that time, then gave, gave me some cash, you know, some, my bank account, you know, kind of from, from, from this to this, yeah. uh, gave me some breathing room. And then also, uh, kind of allowed me and what uh, kind of got me in the direction of like thinking bigger because yeah. having, you know, having Travis involved, I had, I had a little more security where I wasn't so, you know, so, so scarcity or nervous. Like I, I had, I had a buffer. And so was then able to, to think bigger and like, okay, like how do we do this really big? Uh, and also was able to get access to capital via Travis to, you know, grow the business more. It wasn't, it wasn't just my money that I was playing with. I had access to more. And as you, and I'm, I'm sure your, your audience, uh, 
with FBA experience is aware that the capital is a big limiting factor or yeah. can be a, a big limiting factor in growth. And so, so, so yeah, taking Travis on gave me some cash, uh, got me to think bigger, gave me some more opportunities to, you know, had more capital available to, to reinvest in the business and, and grow it more and grow it bigger. And so, so that's what awesome. we're trying to do. <laughs> so, uh, so that's crazy. So what I'm thinking is, uh, you launched so many, you launched like five, six products, seven products or whatever in the first year. Um, we, our main product is still selling now. Our main product launched in July of uh, 15 and we have a handful of products now. Um, but you know, this is three years later. Um, so after the, after the, uh, you got Travis involved, what was the, what were the major keys that took it from, you know, that 50 K revenue all the way to selling your business? Was it launching more products? Was it hiring a, a team to do outside marketing to uh, build all the branding stuff or was it just continually yeah. launching more products or so good question. It was, it was combination of, of team and, and new products. And like I was saying before of my, you know, original, the, the first, you know, hustle that I was trying to, trying to get going with the lead gen sites. And I, it, that really, it gave me a foundation for hiring that I was like, that was something that I was, uh, you know, pretty comfortable with. And so, uh, and also like, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, do all the work myself. And I'm a big believer in, you know, in, in, you know, outsourcing or delegating. And so, so yeah, pretty quickly as the business was growing, I, you know, hired, well, I, I kind of had a VA that I was working with to start okay. and then, you know, one VA, um, you know, hired some people for, you know, to handle some more of the marketing stuff and the admin and the customer service. And, and then it, it wasn't until the, uh, that summer or like toward the middle end of that summer, uh, I actually was attending uh, blacksmith camp. If you're, are you familiar? Well, you, the, the one that you saw Danny at recently. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I was there, uh, the summer before as well. And, you know, after that, I mean, amazing experience, uh, really, you know, changed me uh, a ton, really, uh, a inflection point in myself as like an entrepreneur and business owner. And, and from that, it got me, like I came out, I was all jazzed about, you know, growing the business and, and, you know, realizing what we had to do because at that time I, I knew that we had to grow the business with more products. And I had some people that were doing, you know, new product development or product research. And, you know, we were looking into some of these ideas and some of that ideas and some of this. And, okay. and to be, to be honest, stuff, we, we were growing, we, we were adding new products, but it was mostly just from like the two suppliers that we had already been working with. So we were just okay. building out, uh, building out our existing product lines, Yeah, which, which was working. I think we got to, you know, maybe tw 20 products that way. -ish. Oh, wow. And, um, but, but it was still, that was all like me. I, and, I was the our, one who, sorry, are, are these products, are these like still in the eight, $9 range, like $10 range or, um, we had a, a bunch, probably about half was in the, yeah, $10 range. And then half was like 30, 30 to $40 range. Oh, okay. Good. Um, wow. And, and yeah, so, but, but those were all from me. And like, so growing that business was still like, I was the one, I was the piece that was, you know, growing the business and yeah, you're the one coming up with the products and 
and yeah, so, and what, I, they, what they're going to be. Yeah, and I had help with other things in the business by my team, but but it wasn't until then after Blacksmith Camp, uh, and then also getting additional funding to you know to reinvest and grow the business more that I started to build out our you know really build out my team um, and like structure my team, and so we started with new product development, which like was you know a unit and a, and, and a team and, and then we i decided at that point that our we were going to focus our growth on the eu so to this point all the products were in the u.s uh, and, and and that's the side of the business that i sold uh earlier in the summer yeah and after blacksmith camp i you know we committed to a strategy it was like all right we're gonna we're gonna expand into europe and so i started building out the new product development team we had you know, we had our structure and our, you know, checklist and, you know, weekly meetings to keep everyone moving forward. And, you know, we had quota or, I mean, you know, targets and I hired four, four people or three people to, you know, to do this. And, you know, over the course of the next three or four months with also the capital that we had available, we got like 30 new products into production ish. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, and it's taken a solid year to get them launched and on top of them. But, but yeah, that was like the, you know, well, so that was the, the seed and the instigator for, for the current Amazon EU business, which I, I still have, and I'm still running. And my team does an amazing job of pretty much everything running that business. Um, and, and so that was the work that we were putting in, I, I guess, you know, a year ago last summer was the seeds of our, our new product development, getting new products into production and, and, you know, getting yeah. these 30 or something. Uh, and, and it was the, the U S and this, that was all for the EU. Yeah. Uh, the U S stuff all was growing or grew was, that was basically like, I chose all those products. Yeah. Um, still had help with some things, but, uh, but, but yeah, that, that was one that we ended up selling. Okay. Wow. So, um, so are, is this a same niche in, in US and EU? Or? We, uh, mostly different. There's maybe a handful of, of overlapping products. But, okay. but yeah, in the EU, we, we took the approach of just like, you know, find an opportunity and work backwards. Yeah. And so we're in a handful of different categories. Some similar, like we have some products that are related, others that are, you know, just not related. Uh, in your in your business that you sold the U S part, are you sharing any of the niches or any of the products? Oh, with, I guess, do you mean in the U S business? Like since you sold it, are you sharing any of the products or have you talked oh. about it publicly or, Oh, uh, I don't care if you don't, but just wondering. No. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. As most people don't, we don't either. Um, so in the U S so th this is the point that we're at where, where you know, we have a handful of products, but we don't really have a team yet. So in your U.S. business, how big was your team? And how, where did you find these people? Were they just like, um, where, was it a, a different person for like PPC and marketing and admin so, and customer service? Or was it one like kind of employee? Or was it just on a freelance basis via Upwork? Yes. Or? So, so I started like kind of, you know, building out my team in you know maybe the spring leading up to to the the blacksmith camp uh experience in the summer 
and uh, you know not not this summer but the summer before yeah and yeah i started with you know it kind of had like admin customer service then uh you know ppc you know amazon marketing uh i tried to hire you know an apprentice that would just you know replace me yeah and and, and so that's kind of how i how i started it and then you know i hired i hired a manager who was just going to you know run the whole business for me and huh. it was uh, at blacksmith camp one of the things that summer that the, the first summer that really you know was was an inflection point in me as a as a as an entrepreneur and as a business owner was i realized you know i i re- like i went from being a like an absentee owner of oh i've got my team and you know they know what to do and they're on top of this and that and i hired a manager and he'll he'll do everything which to be honest i mean it, it was going okay but it wasn't it wasn't, you know, growing. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, you know, growing so much. And so then I realized after blacksmith camp, there was a, a shift that like my role and opportunity in the business is to, you know, get the most out of my people for them, for the business, to structure the business in a way that was, you know, effective for, you know, for the business goals as well as for the people and, you know, from then like, I, I have kind of went on and really haven't stopped this deep dive into, you know, management and read every friggin' management book that I could find and learning about, you know, team and motivating and structure. And, you know, we've, we've tried a lot of things. And so to, to answer, to answer your question about structure, yeah. the, we were running it for a while with the U S business and into the EU where we had, we had admin, we had customer support, we had. PPC, we had, you know, head of Amazon, we had branding, we had logistics and that went, was going okay, honestly. So, so then we sold the U S business, which kind of had that sort of structure. And as we're trying to get on this EU business, which honestly was a, the beginning of the summer was a fucking mess, 30 products, five markets, five languages. Yeah. That's like, well, yeah, you can do the math, but each one's separate in a different language. And like each, each listing in each market operates separately. And you gotta, you gotta get reviews. You gotta get, you know, the images, you gotta write the the image copy. You gotta do keyword research in all these languages. And it, I mean, it it was a lot. Uh, We had a ton of money tied up in inventory and new orders. We invested a lot into, into this business. Yeah. And yeah, and it was uh, quite challenging, really, really a mess, to be honest. And it wasn't until we, we, we sold the U.S. business that then I, like, you know, uh, had, to, had to figure out a way. You know, we had all this money tied up in the EU business, and it was not looking very promising at the time. But, like, I didn't have a choice except to figure it out. And so over the summer, we totally restructured how the business was managed. And it went from, I honestly, I, I fired half my team. Okay. So got, so I had like 16 or something or 15, cut it down to like, yeah, eight. And, uh, instead of having like, okay, we have our marketing team and our PPC team and our branding team, it went down to now like country managers. So I've got one person in charge of one market and they basically do, do everything for, 
you know, for uh, that country. And so they'll make sure the listings are good. They monitor the PPC. Uh, you know, they'll respond to, you know, customer service. They'll respond to reviews. And, you know, they, they make sure everything's ready when we're launching products. And, and yeah, it wasn't. In, and so, so we, we changed from like a compartmentalized structure to one that's much more uh, like individual responsibility and ownership and, and, you know, freedom to like, they, they have a lot of a leeway to, to, you know, do whatever they want and they want to try this or they want to adjust this. They want to change prices. Like they, they know what are, what we need for different profit margins. And so, yeah, now they're able to adjust as, as they see fit. And, and it wasn't until we had that kind of shift over the summer that the EU business finally started to come together and, and has been coming together. And, and now is, is almost, is, is getting to the size that the U S business was when, when that one sold, which like has come, come a long way from a couple months ago when it was a literally a mess to now, like actually like running, running quite well in the team the team is is doing all of it and they're you know doing amazing and and so wow so so yeah that's that's how it's, uh, it's run today. okay <laughs> so I, th I think this is what we need to do because our main product is in the eu now uh it's been there for maybe like six months um still doing all the work myself uh, or ourselves me and parker and um so where did you find these people your team members are they on upwork are they people that have been they specialize on Amazon and do you give yeah. them like a 10% ownership or something like that? Or like how much so, do you pay them if you can share? Yeah. So most of them were found on Upwork. Uh, I kind of, I started, I probably got at this point. Yeah. So right now I think there's like 10, 10 of us or I have 10, 10 people on my team and I think like seven came from Upwork. Uh, one, one I met when I was in Chiang Mai last year and just kind of, you know, met some people that were trying to, that were interested in Amazon or doing Amazon. Uh, a couple have come from referrals now, but yeah, I mean, Upwork is where we get most of our people and, and yeah, we, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot about hiring and it's one thing that I think we're, we're probably, you know, one of our strongest suits and, and yeah, to give you, you know, a, a little bit of an idea, we, we, we put a ton of time and effort into the hiring process. So I'm, you know, really you know, an advantage that we have is like, we're, we're able to get good people. I mean, everyone on my team, honestly, is, is amazing. Each one individually, like awesome people, smart, like, you know, can learn, grow. And, and yeah, like we, it, it's, it's obvious from the first job posting that like, this is the kind of organization that they're going to be coming into. And so, you know, you know, for example, we have long job postings. We talk about you know, background of the, of the business and who am I and, you know, the, what the business does and the team culture and what your role, what to expect. And then it just goes into fucking, you know, a lot of questions. We'll start with like 10 or 12, you know, first round interview questions, you know, tell us about yourself, you know, where you're from, what's your education, work experience. Um, you know, what are your favorite books? What's your personality type? Uh, why are you interested in this role? You know, how much you get paid at your last job? Uh, you know, what questions do you have? And, and yeah, we really are very thorough in the, you know, the, in the question process. 
And, you know, when people see this, the, the applicants that we get, you know, a lot of them don't go through the process. They see it and yeah, if they're not interested, right yeah, then, then good. Like we're, we're looking for people that are, you know, that, that, that are right, you know, uh, culture fit. Honestly, that's like something we're not willing to compromise on is culture. And, and so, and a part of that, and we say this, you know, in the, in, in the job posting is like, we want people that are here because they want to be challenged. They want to grow. They want to be a part of a, you know, it's really honestly, man, like we've got a really special team environment and, and, and culture. And, you know, we want people that like, that's what they, they want growth. They want opportunity. And yeah, you know, we, we pay them, but, but we don't want people that are just looking for a paycheck. If they're just, if they're just trying to, you know, get some cash, like this is not the opportunity for them. And so and, and so combination of all these things, we get, you know, people are, you know, come in, are willing to work, willing to grow, willing to, you know, build skills. And we, we teach a lot. I teach a lot and, and they will, they do, and they will grow. Um, and so they're willing to, you know, start, start working at a lot of people take, you know, big, big uh, salary cuts when they come work for us, because this is the kind of environment that they, that, you know, I, I've learned a lot about hiring and what people want and yeah, they, they want money. You know, you got to cover your needs, but like, way more important for, for a lot of people. And, and these are the people that we want are ones that want to be challenged, want to grow, want to be part of a, you know, a, a, you know, close knit company culture. And we have other benefits like, you know, you can work wherever you want and I'm not, we don't clock your hours and this and that. And, and so, yeah, you know, we start with also we, I've hired a lot in the Philippines. So that's one of the reasons why I'm here is I've got about uh, half my team is, is in Manila. And so I've, I've been here a bunch of times the last, you know, year, year and a half. And so, and, and yeah, cause like these people are important to me and working online is, is, you know, important and getting to know them, but then also meeting in person, you can't, you can't substitute that. And so, so yeah, again, one, one of the reasons why I'm here is, you know, touching base with, with my team, with my people. And, and, and so, yeah, we, we, we really have. Uh, and you can tell by how, how excited I get, you know, talking about this stuff, but it, it's a special environment. And so we get good people, um, you know, tying it all together. We, you know, hiring in the Philippines, you know, hiring in a lot of like, I, I don't have, I have, I have one American, I have one Swiss guy. Okay. I've got um, like seven Filipinos. I got one Ukrainian girl and, you know, most of them, like I know the, the, you know, I know what 500 bucks a month, you know, what, what, how far that goes in the Philippines and, and, you know, a thousand bucks a month, you know, 1500 bucks a month. Like, you know, my team all is their location independent. They live wherever they want. They're, you know, they're living in Chiang Mai. They're living in Indonesia. They're living in, you know, in the Philippines. And so it's intentional. So it allows us to, you know, pay, you know, we can, we can, you know, pay enough to, to support these people and, and, you know, allow them to live a, a pretty good lifestyle. Yeah. But like, it allows me to have 10 of them versus what, you know, two Americans would, would want if they were, you know, living in New York, I could afford like one person. Yeah. And, you know, because like, you know, I'm hiring and, you know, all the things I've been talking about, uh, including location, we're able to get more people to, which well is really valuable. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of products. So, uh, so yeah, so these are good hard numbers for me. So like in the Philippines, 500 bucks a month, like that's a good, you know, a uh, good Starting, number. I mean, yeah. And then someone, someone, sure. that's, someone like me who maybe I'm just getting started, 
thousand bucks a month in Chiang Mai will get, definitely get them living in there or in Bali yeah, or something totally. like that or 15. Yeah, that's what I started. I think mo most of my even Western employees, you know, started. So another thing that I would totally recommend when you're hiring and what we do is everyone starts on like a two month trial contract. And so that's, that's useful for a few reasons. One is it allows both of you an out, you know, it gives you like a test to see like, is it going well for you? Is it going well for them? Are expectations being met? And it just gives you both an opportunity to circle back in a couple of months and be like, Hey, you know, how's this going? Is this good? You know, do either of us want to bail? And, and, and then also when you frame it as a trial contract like that, often you're able to get them to work for less than they would want, you know, to, to get them started for less. So it's, it's less of an upfront investment for you as the, as the, the business. And it gives you a chance to, you know, try these people out. And also, you know, like part of it for me is like, I don't want people that are only in it for the money. And so, I, I mean, I don't, I want to pay them enough, but like it, it's like, it shows something if they're willing to work for less than they want for a few months, it shows that they really, that they really want this opportunity. And like, those are the people that I want, the ones that are, that want the opportunity that are really into it. Okay, cool. So, uh, the people that are running like your German products and your Spain and Italian, they're not native German, Spain, Italian speakers. Uh, my, so the German guy is Swiss who speaks German. Okay. Um, the other ones are, yeah, Filipinos, but we also have like translators that we work with. And so we have oh. translators for each market that the, the country managers, you know, work with and are still ultimately responsible for. Um, but yeah. Gotcha. So a separate translator, uh, from Upwork probably. Yeah. And, yeah. and every, every month, cause you only really need to use them once just to make sure the page is good and to translate or every couple months hire them to look it over or they're, you know, contract they're hourly. So my, my, my team, everyone is, is full-time salary, you know, everyone's full-time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's important to me because like I want, you know, this is like, this is my full-time thing. This is like a full-time, yeah. you know, you know, business. And, and we want people that are, yeah, that can, you know, commit to us fully and, and we commit to them fully also. But, but yeah, with the translators, stuff like that. I mean, we have some designers that we work with that is just, you know, hourly and, oh, we need, you know, this packaging translated or these listings or, you know, this random customer service comes up that can't be translated. So, so yeah. yeah. So for the, just the daily emails and comments, do they just use Google translate to respond to the emails and stuff? Cause that's something I'm like, confused about. <laughs> um, to be honest, I'm not, uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know they respond. I know it's in the local language. I know we, we have templates, you know, we're really big on SOPs. And so I think the customer service, you know, we work on getting, you know, like stock answers to some stuff that, you know, you get the same questions. And so, so they're able to, you know, build out a, a response list or, you know, bank answer bank. And so, yeah, we, we use the translators, I think less and less we'll need them for new products, but you know, the, the maintenance, they're not, I don't, they don't work that many hours. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. So overall big picture here to get to, you know, the level that your U S business sold at hiring, hiring was, is the big 
the big theme uh, and building a team because with, with us, it's just, it's just us two guys uh, managing a handful of products. Um, can you share about your U.S. business? What uh, Evan told me it, it sold for like near six figures or something or seven figures. Sorry. Um, what was the, for people that don't know, what was the uh, monthly revenue that got you to sell at that point and monthly profit? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one thing that was kind of interesting with that with that sale. So, also just to, I mean, to to clue you and everyone in, this it wasn't sold on like a brokerage. It wasn't like Effie or Empire Flippers or you know Quilight or whatever. Okay. This came from I was literally I was talking to Travis last last fall, and this kind of flowed. It was like, oh, you know, like oh, I think like it may be cool, like you know, sell the business. And he was all of a sudden he was just like, oh. Well, I was just talking to the, the same guy that bought his other businesses uh-huh. or some of his other businesses. Like they were trying to like, yeah, like, uh, you know, they might want to buy our business. Like, are, are, are you interested? And, you know, yeah. Then a, like three days later, you know, I'm on a plane to China to meet with these guys and, and, you know, basically bang out a deal to, you know, for, for this business. And, you know, fast forward, it, you know, maybe a month or two later and, and yeah, it was, you know, cash in the bank, wire cleared. Wow. And, and so, yeah, so, so ours was, it, it was a negotiation and an agreement and I, you know, it was me sitting down with, with the guy that, you know, wanted to buy the business and, you know, we, I, I showed him our numbers and gave him access to everything. And, and so, uh, so, so yeah, we were doing, um, you know, so we sold in say March and we had a huge holiday. So it was like October, November, December, Yeah. you know, and, and we, you know, we were doing six figures for sure. I mean, I think it was more like 150, like 150, 160, like revenue, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Monthly. I think, you know, October or something like that, 150, um, you know, November, December, you know, more, I think we had some inventory issues, but still had, you know, big holiday, holiday months. So like, you know, mid, mid hundreds to, I, I'm pretty sure we, we broke 200. I, I don't remember. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, it was going down. Uh, you, you know, we had, honestly, a lot of the stuff was the, our, our revenue and profit was, was on the decline because like I was saying, we were focusing all of our growth on the EU stuff. And, you know, as you know, like businesses, they're either, they're, they're going one direction or another. They're either going up or going down. And, uh, you know, we, we weren't g- focusing on growing the U S business. So, it, you know, it started to go down. And mm-hmm. so when you ask the, you know, our, you know, monthly, uh, revenue and profit, it's like, if you look at the last six months or you look at the last three months, you look at the last month, you know, we were doing uh, the holidays, you know, I think we did 50, 60, 80, 90 K profit. Yeah. Uh, then after that, it was like, you know, maybe, you know, forties or fifties and, and, you know, coming down to where it was kind of settling at was around, I think like 30 K profit. Okay, and cool. so the multiple was, you know, roughly, um, you know, 30, 30, 30 K profit times 30 months. Um, minus a brokerage fee that they got a discount. We didn't have to pay. So minus like 15% plus inventory, which ended up being, you know, just, just shy of a mill. Cool. Yeah. 
Fuck yeah. So yeah, for so for people that don't know revenue to profit, let's say you're doing uh, 100K in, in revenue per month. Profit maybe, what is it, 30, 30%? Yeah. In, in, somewhere in the, in the, the range. Of, yeah, in the US, we were, yeah, probably around 30%. In the cool. EU, we're at like fucking 19 or 18 because VAT, which is not good but and kills our profit, but you got to pay it. So, yeah. so our, our, our profit margins in the EU suck. <laughs> so I, I think I know the answer. So why, why build EU when there's, when there's that profit hit, a hit? Well, to be transparent, I didn't fully understand how VAT worked <laughs> when, when I made the decision to focus on the EU. And there was a while that I was seriously second guessing if that was the right decision. And like now it, now it's looking okay. You know, the business is doing all right. But a couple months ago, I would have seriously questioned if going into the EU was the right move because VAT fucking sucks. 20% off the top, everything that you sell. So in the US, if we were doing, you know, 30% margin, you know, tack on VAT and we would have 10. So thankfully we were shooting higher, you know, 40%-ish margins, we thought, with the EU products. So then when you, you know, slap on VAT, we're down to 20 or 17 or 18. Um, and and yeah, so my, you know, at the time I didn't I didn't understand how VAT worked. <laughs> I just thought, oh, the EU, it's less competitive. You know, we can, you know, we have a team, we can move fast, we can, you know, we can get into these markets where it's still early. So, so that was the thought and that's why I did it. Um, it's, it's working out okay now, but would have seriously questioned that decision a couple of months ago or five yeah. months ago. Yeah, I think it's still called an emerging market. It's still big, you know, long-term. Um, you know, because Amazon is still growing in Europe and eventually into more countries. So um, I see it as, yeah, a, lo a long-term play. It's still, it's still new. So get in and grab that real estate, so to speak, uh, in these different niches. Um, okay. Wow. Awesome. Um, so you're growing EU now. You sold your U.S. business. In, in the EU, how much, like, startup capital did it take to launch these uh, these 30 products all at once is it like a hundred K in inventory Quite or like how much more. <laughs> so a few hundred K uh, of, yeah. and you took that the U S uh, selling uh, revenue and put it into the EU. That's basically, it, it was, it, it was a combination of a lot of stuff of like, and the thing is, and, and I mean, what I've learned is just like stuff adds up. So, you know, we thought we had, you know, X, you know, we thought we had like this much that we were investing in new inventory and okay, we're estimating, you know, 10 K or, you know, 10 K about for product. And, you know, we're doing 25 or 30 of them. And so, you know, it's going to cost, you know, 250 or 300 or whatever, but like stuff that I've learned and continue to learn is just like stuff takes longer. Stuff's more expensive. You yeah. know, Oh, now there's a fee for this and then the fee for this. And, you know, and then, um, then, oh shit, now stuff's selling. So you got to order more and, yeah. and you know, now you're placing reorders and now you're, you know, buying bigger reorders and now, you know, launching new products. And 
So it just, as you like these, these businesses just eat capital. So thankfully I, you know, between me and Travis mm -hmm. have both contributed a lot of our own cash into the business. Um, you know, Travis has contributed, we contributed stuff from, from the U S business was funding it. I've, you know, I've contributed my own cash. Then, you know, when we sold the business, like it's a lot of capital has gone into the business and, uh, you know, thankfully now it's, you know, generating profit. And, and I mean, now of course the holidays are coming up, so we're ordering a ton and, you know, still just eating cash, but, yeah. but yeah, our, our sales are growing a lot and I, you know, we're, we're poised to have a, a pretty good holidays. And so I'm curious to see, you know, what our bank account looks like in, in, in a couple of months. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Holidays <laughs> is always good for, uh, for e-commerce people. We know that after a couple of holidays. Um, so this is, this is literally the perfect conversation I, I need to hear. Um, I guess for, for me, you know, it's me, it's a, t it's a team of two, my business, and we have a handful of products and, um, you know, we, we've hired some piecework PPC people and paid them 500 bucks a month, like this PPC uh, company. Uh, we've done that. Um, what, what is the first thing that you would tell someone like me that we need to hire a full-time team member for the customer service? Is it, is it product new product development? Um, is it outside branding? Well, I'd probably say, I mean, the first thing would be to like get off your plate, the stuff that you don't want to be doing. So customer service, answering emails, admin, you know, backend Amazon stuff. Cause yeah, I mean, that's, that was the first thing that I, you know, it was the stuff that I wanted to get rid of the most. And it was the easiest, like you can get a customer service person in there, you know, relatively easily. And so, so yeah, that, that's where I would start. And like, I think it's worth it to hire people full time. You know, you can get someone for sure 400 bucks a month starting, you know, 500 bucks a month starting, then you get them full time. And like, you know, I'd, I would try to find the best person that you can for that. And they can start with customer service and, you know, you can, you know, teach them and train them some things, you know, like now they're helping out with other things and you have other, you know, tasks that you can kind of push off to them. Uh, the, the new product development side of things is in terms of growth, I'd say is, you know, the most important piece to hire for, but honestly, man, it's, it's hard. Like you can't just hire someone and be like, Oh, like find us new products. You yeah, gotta find like, me a, a moneymaker. Yeah. You gotta like yeah, give them this, you know, you gotta train them and give them the structure and tell them what to look for. And then, you know, the sourcing and like, there's, there's all these different pieces. And I mean, it's, it's, it's possible for sure, but it's, it's also challenging and, you know, takes, takes a, or in my experience, takes some, you know, thought, effort, energy in order yeah. to, to structure that in the right way. Cause I've also hired, I had new, I had a new product development team that was running for like months that like basically didn't have any output. And that yeah. was you know, not because of them. That was because of me, because I didn't structure it and, and, you know, lead them properly to be effective. So when it started to be effective was it like the weekly meetings with your product development team like hey what we got what are your what are your things and then i can give my input yeah. okay this looks good drop that this looks good da, 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 change this yeah. so it was a couple of things one was having a really clear structure so saying okay this is what a good opportunity looks like more than x in revenue less than x reviews this size this weight you know, we're going to be, you know, cost less than X thousand dollars to launch. 
and you know, showing and training, okay, so this is how you do product research. This is how, this is what Jungle Scout is. This is how you search for Amazon bestsellers. This is how you look for reviews. This is how you this. And in really, you know, showing people what this process looks like. Okay, step one, you do this. Step two, you do this. Step three, you do this. Yeah. And, and showing them this checklist. So that and the weekly calls. So, so, so yeah, when we started doing those, it was like for me to stay involved and holding them accountable. And every week was like, okay, you know, what did we do last week? You know, how did it go? What are we doing next week? And, you know, coming back to it and everyone they're, they're, you know, they were doing the same thing. They were all trying to new product research, new product development. They're all doing the same thing. And so it was like, okay, well, like, you know, Erica found two new products last week, you know, awesome. Erica, great job. You know, Jerice, uh, you know, well, why didn't you find any new products? You know, what, what happened? Like what's, you know, tr troubleshooting and not, not in like a, you know, aggressive way, but in like, Oh, you know, wow. Like Erica, you're doing amazing. Like share with the rest of the team, you know, what's working well for you. You know, what chat, like doing the, the, the weekly meetings allows you to, you know, share wins and, you know, troubleshoot challenges together in a way that's just, you know, effective. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, were your product development people, were they, uh, mostly Filipino or, or Western? Yeah. Uh, all okay. Filipino. Cool, cool, cool. Philippines um, has got great people. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. We love the Philippines. We did a couple months in uh, in Davao and uh, oh, uh, with the Empire <laughs> because of I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, it was good, and um, and then we, we stopped by Manila a little bit. Anyways, we love the Philippines. Uh, definitely want to visit again. Um, I've been so close to just going and hiring this person, uh, a Filipino person, and I just need to get over that. We need to get over that mental barrier. Um, oh yeah. Do, do you offer, uh, your employees some, some sort of revenue share, some sort of, uh, ownership in the product, um, ownership in the business, or maybe just bonuses for certain sales numbers? Um, or is it yeah. just the solid or if you don't want to share, I can ask you later or. Yeah, we've, we've experimented with a lot of things. I found that uh, performance-based compensation can be really tricky. For example, with the new product development team, there were bonuses based off, oh, if you submit this many final reports or you get this many products to, you know, this stage, you know, you'll get a bonus or whatever. And it just, it's, it just gets tricky when the incentives are not completely aligned. So right now, the team is just, is salary. I, I give bonuses like when, when I sold the US business, everyone got, you know, like a, a month or two month salary bonus. Um, and, and yeah, like we, I, I give bonuses and, and, and we're one of the things for this quarter that I want to explore more is, you know, more uh, performance based incentives or bonuses. Cause like a core, a core like driving principle of myself is like success is better when shared. You know, I believe in abundance there's a big enough pie, you know, I want to do big things and I want to, I, I, and like, yeah, I want, I, I, I want to like get mine, but it's not just about me. You know, yeah. I want you to get yours and you to get yours and, you know, let's do big things that we can do together and each, you know, and each have enough. And so, so yeah, I, I, I want to be able to incorporate that into, into my team. It's, it's also hard. Also this business, it was literally losing money up until, you know, a handful of months ago. So it's like, what are you going to, you know, 
what in, you know what are you going to give a bonus when when it's just losing money and then also yeah. I'll, I'll admit is you know uh i'm kind of conflicted because then it's like okay now the business is doing better um our sales are growing our profits growing you know the team's doing amazing but like and, and yeah and I, I want them to be able to share in the upside but then on the other hand like when the business was not doing so hot, like that was my cash that I was putting in, you know, they still got their salary. They were still, you know, none of them got pay cuts when, mm. when the business wasn't doing well. So like, you know, yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It, it would make sense to me, you know, if someone wants to work full time, uh, you know, for like the startup culture or whatever, uh, on a cool team that they would obviously have some goal that we're working to, whether it's all right, when we sell this business, you guys get, this bonus or maybe it's Something. this yeah, small percentage yeah. or you know if we hit these numbers you get a monthly bonus or you know product sales reach this you get it whatever x cut um okay that's that's very good um shit okay so i have a really good idea of what we need to do i asked you all my questions there the team members have ownership um Obviously, in the Amazon business, stuff always takes longer than expected and uh, is more expensive. That's a, a big theme that people know from watching this channel. And yep. the, the good part about you're talking about training, you know, when you hire an employee to find new products, you have to teach them the step-by-step. -step. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, well, I already have, I already have a video step-by-step -step tutorial on how to find mm -hmm. successful products because my YouTube yeah, audience yeah. asked me for that. So there you go. Uh, you, already shame, got shameless, your, you already got your training program. Yeah. yeah shameless, shameless plug guys. If you don't know who I am, you can mm -hmm. check that, uh, my step-by-step -step video tutorial link in the description. Um, my Amazon course, uh, cause yeah, like I was telling you before, after a year of YouTubing, the most common question that people ask me on a daily basis is what do you do, man? What is this Amazon thing? How do, how do I find this product? It's how do you, how like, do you make the internet monies? How do you make money online, bro? Uh, it's yeah because it's a jungle out there as far as you know podcasts and videos how to how to do this amazon thing um but i, I think we're right at that point where we need to start hiring and building the team because that sounds like how you did it you can't do it all yourself uh, yeah um so i guess for people that don't know who you are um some people would about bit about your vision for the future like you were telling me uh, before before we hit record, yeah. what's, what are you, what are you doing next? What are your big uh, dreams or goals? I like to call them visions, but yeah, we're going to be the next Tim Ferriss, you know, sold the uh, business, yeah, write some well, books, we'll, do the podcast or. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm continuing to explore. So it's been a crazy, you know, a crazy few months of, you know, selling my business that was making all of them at the time. It was, you know, the U S business, the EU business, literally. And so getting rid of that, um, getting some cash, still having like this pretty shitty business. And it's like, Oh, all these questions, who am I? What am I good at? What should I do? You know, what's important to me? Who do I want to be with? Where do I want to go? Like all these, it's like, it, it's a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, I kind of went on this big journey or have been on this big journey this summer to try to figure out, you know, Oh, like, you know, what is my purpose? Like, what is, you know, what, what am I uniquely suited to do? What opportunities to, to go after? And so, so yeah, so what I'm excited about now is, so for, from the beginning, always like people, like I was telling you, like all the best opportunities in my life come through people, you know, 
become business partners and friends and employees and investors. And, and it's all like, I, I love people. And so that's what I want to do. All the best opportunities come from people. I want to connect with more people. So getting myself out there more, you know, doing stuff like this, like having awesome conversations. Um, and, and yeah, you know, putting myself out there authentically to see, you know, who it, who it vibes with and then see what sort of, you know, what sort of, uh, opportunities can, can, you know, be made connected. I'm, I'm excited about getting more involved in investing. You know, now we've got, um, you know, we, we know how to do Amazon well. And so we're looking to invest in other Amazon businesses and we've got infrastructure in place where like, if you were interested or if, you know, the, if, if someone is interested, it's like, all right, you know, come, you know, we'll, we'll buy into the business, uh, take off your plate, everything you don't want to do logistics, you know, whatever sort of marketing stuff allow you to focus on whatever it is you want to do product, you know, branding, uh, you know, marketing, whatever. And, and yeah, we'll just grow it, you know, bigger, better, more fun, faster, uh, together. And so, you know, continuing to put myself out there more to see what kind of, you know, deals or, or opportunities that, you know, we can make, I, I believe in abundance success is better when shared. It's a big pie. You know, let's, let's do big things like find the one plus one equals three opportunities. And like, yeah, just like do big things and have fun doing it together. <laughs> awesome. Do big things, do dope shit. Uh, I love it. Um, <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, uh, I I'm, I'm looking over my notes here. A couple rapid fire, uh, Tim Ferriss style questions, I guess. Um, that I'm curious about when you sold your U S business with the 30 products or whatever it was, was it all one seller central account? Yep. Uh, was it a Chinese? Cause you said you flew to China to sell the business. Was it a Chinese buyer by chance? If you can share. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Uh, how much was outside marketing part of a success outside of Amazon? Minimal. Um, what about the brands? Was building that the brands a big part of it? Because like, uh, if you know who Ryan Moran is, he talks about you know, uh, building an Amazon business comes off of turning your first end customers into raving fans and buying your you buying your first product and then buying your your next product and next product. So how much was building a brand part of the success, if if any? minimal if any <laughs> okay cool so it uh all about we're, we're hitting amazon that yeah. was that was the strategy selling on amazon <laughs> cool um did you was is your ppc always on for every product all, all year uh yeah i think so i think so <laughs> okay um because obviously you're not the one that, that that, that does this, but do you, do you have any idea if, if they, your PPC people, if they turn PPC on for a couple of weeks and then turn it off to see if there's any difference? Um, I mean, we're pretty much always, we're, on? you know, we're definitely very active in the PPC and, you know, adding negative keywords and, you know, adding positive converting keywords and digging through the search room reports and, you know, changing bids. And that's like a very part of our ongoing process. Uh, I don't think that we turn ads off. Maybe they would, you know, go, you know, become minimal if they're not, if they're not selling that well um, or not profitable. But, but yeah, we're, 
I mean, generally, I think running, you know, running PPC. Cool. And so a lot of people, uh, when they contact me, they're in product research phase. Um, what would you say is the, after, you know, launching dozens of products, what's the secret to success? Is there one, is there one overarching theme? Should people not overthink it? Should, how long should they take uh, during product research if they're starting from zero until ordering their first sample? Should it be a month? Should it be a couple months? Or should they just go for it and test? Or Yeah, I, I think, you know, just go for it and test because you learn the most when you're, when you're actually doing it. And, and to even think about that first product as maybe just a learning curve and, you know, don't spend too much money on it, but you can order, you know, like a hundred units from AliExpress and spend, you know, 500 bucks or a thousand bucks to just go and, and you can try. Then you learn about how to order from Alibaba or AliExpress and how to ship and import and set up a listing and set up PPC and doing keywords. And it'll just give you getting that hands-on experience will be so valuable. and yeah, maybe the first product isn't going to be a home run, but like, that's okay. You'll learn. So when you do the next product, now, you know, everything that you, you know, wanted to do better or differently on the first product. And maybe the first product does hit, you know, but you're only going to know if you, if you try. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't, then, you know, I mean, just don't spend too much money on it, which you don't need to and treat it like a learning curve and, and, uh, you just, you know, use those learnings to, to, you know, parlay forward. Uh, how often have you done the AliExpress method that you just said, trying testing with a hundred and do you guys still do that? Is that part of what you uh, do? I, I haven't done that. We, we always did just like initial, initial orders of, you know, we had like a, a I mean, when we were launching these products, we, we kind of knew what we were doing. And so we, you know, would spend like $5,000 or 10,000. Most of our products were between the five and $10,000 per product which like for us was a acceptable bet to place That's test order. Okay. For the first, for the first order. Yeah. But we, okay. we put a lot of time and effort into the product research. This isn't just like, Oh, let's sell this and this, like we really did our homework and like had reason to believe that it would be, it would be a, a good seller. So five to 10 K is that 500 units, a thousand units? Oh, do you yeah, usually start with 500? You just start with 500 to a thousand. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like with a lot of these, like we don't want to nickel and dime. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to come off as nickel and dime to many, to the manufacturers. So like, you know, 500 units, a thousand units, uh, somewhere in there seems to be a reasonable amount to, um, you know, for, for a first order. Um, what is the percentage of successful products? The ones that you keep alive versus the ones that you ditch? Because yeah. not doing well. um, I know like, we've, we've had like yeah. a handful of successful products, but also a few that we've already stopped. Uh, yeah. We've had quite a few that we've stopped maybe like, I mean, half are successful. Like, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been challenging like for sure. And, and yeah, a lot of the products, the thing is, it's just, I mean, the challenge in the EU is profit margin. And like we could get these things to sell, but also the challenge, so we're paying VAT, so we're responsible for 20% off the top, but not everyone's paying VAT. So that makes it hard to compete. And so on some of our products, like, you know, we, you know, in order to be profitable, we don't make any sales. Then we try to liquidate and lower our price. 
maybe we're at like, you know, 5% and oh, wow, now, now it's selling and now we're selling, you know, 10 a day, 12 a day. Uh, we're not making any money because we're paying VAT, but yeah. like, but, but yeah, we had, we've had a lot of products like that. And, and the biggest challenge in the EU, our biggest challenge is, is dealing with VAT specifically because a lot of people aren't paying VAT. And I don't think that's the best long-term strategy and we're paying VAT, but, but yeah, because of that, we've had a lot of duds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so that, that's, so in, in us, like maybe around half of the duds that you just stopped oh. buying inventory or. Oh, uh, the U S I think we, every, everything, I think we reordered or were reordering in the U S um, some sold better than others, but like, but even, even if it's doing like, five sales a day like do you keep reordering those if it's just making small profit or if it's not making like a hundred yeah, bucks a day we, do you, you scrap we, it no we we were just reordering everything even if it was also like you know admittedly i um didn't if i was running that business now i would approach a lot of our products very differently but like i've learned a ton in the you know nine months or so since we started selling, you know, started, uh, transitioning out of that business. And cool. so, so yeah, the U S we were reordering everything. I think maybe there was one that we didn't reorder. Oh, um, interesting. So you, uh, the, the business that you sold in, in, uh, the U S I'm getting the EU and U S mixed up. Was that like around 30 products you said? Uh, I think closer to 20 now 20, in the EU, 20. we've got like 30 plus. It was around 20 in the U S when you sold it. So knowing everything you know now about launching products, the successful ones, the not successful ones, what's the biggest common, people ask me this all the time, what's the biggest common mistake uh, uh, in launching a product? What know your profit margins. <laughs> know your margins. Yeah, know your margin. Because that's like I said, that's what you know, screwed us was we weren't even considering VAT because I didn't understand it. Right. And so, yeah, that was a challenge, like 20% off the top is a lot. And yeah. it resulted in now, you know, a ton of dud products that eats cash and eats energy and effort. And so, yeah, really know your profit margin and make sure that it's healthy because I mean, you just need that. Cool. So in the U S like what margin did you shoot for? Was it like 30% uh, of the sale price is profit? So if it's selling for 30 bucks, did you aim for a $10 profit? Yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah, 30 to 40%. Which, 30 to 40%. Yeah, which was okay. I mean, I have friends that sell like 50, 60, 80%. Like that's, that's much better, <laughs> but. Oh, wow. Um, and are but, those products, are those products usually in like the 30, $40 range or sale price or um, even higher, like sure. $60? Or? They're usually, uh, I'm not sure. It's, they're usually in like, you know, weirder categories or stuff where like you can, you know, branding. It's less commoditized stuff where you're able to, you're able to play with the profit margin or play with the price more. Cause like if you're selling, you know, if you're selling, uh, you know, a freaking umbrella and everyone's selling the same umbrella and you know, you can't price like twice as much as the competitor. They're just going to go to something else. But like yeah. if you're selling like a beauty product, you can build it up more. No, like this is actually, you know, yeah, these are two, you know, moisturizers, but this moisturizer is way better. And, you know, so you can, you can sell it for more. Right. Gotcha. Um, so a big theme in product research, I tell my students and people that work with me, get help from me is, is 
just what you said, differentiation. If it's the same umbrella, how can you charge more? They're just going to get the other guy. They have more reviews than you. So would you yep. say would you say differentiation is your one of your major keys when you're looking at a new product? How how different um, can you be, or is it is it looking yeah. at those less competitive niches? Is it looking at that small niche? I call it like a niche within a niche keyword, like a specific type of umbrella. Yeah, ours. Um, you know, differentiated product for sure. Do you gotta differentiate in some way, either by product, either by marketing, um, by price. You know, but but yeah, you you gotta have a way to differentiate. Cool. So, uh, in the U S would you say like people, people are going to get a lot of value from this product research phase because or discussion because that's what people are really interested in. You know, everyone getting started, um, from your dud products and people that, uh, have had dud, dud products stories that you've heard. What is the major theme? Is it, is it it's same, the same as the other products, it, not differentiated enough? The major I mean, theme our, for the duds, because that was uh, that was the theme for ours. Uh, our dud product is there was other people with the same model off Alibaba. You know, we had better photos, we had better branding, uh, we had the logo on the product, real sexy, but the functionality of it was essentially the same as a couple other guys, and so I ended up. Yeah, we. I mean, honestly, all our like all our stuff, we are we're able to move units it just depends on the price and if we're able to make profit from it. And so it's like, you know, I mean, I think at a price people will buy it, but like that might not make you any money. So, you know, so you gotta be, so yeah, I mean, I just think like knowing, that's why I said, you know, having, having margin or knowing your margin. Um, Cause yeah, you know, even with the, the copycat, whatever, if you would have slashed your price in half, like I bet people would have bought it even if it's the same thing. You know, yeah. now you're differentiated on price. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. Make, make sure it's differentiated. Um, would you say, cause I know some stories from some products is they actually end up selling more by going above in price. The other guys, because the perceived value of that price, you know, as long as the product matches that value, that's actually a strategy that works is pricing above everyone else. Is that shop where they want to get the best one? They want to get the nicest yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I, I think that can work. I mean, you know, you can, we play around with our pricing a lot, lower it, raise it, you know, it's worth testing. Cool. Awesome. 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 Uh, okay. Parker is texting me. Where are you at? Um, thanks. That was, that was like amazing. Um, exactly yeah. what I needed to hear. The universe is crazy that it brought you into our business at this time. I was happened to be talking to Evan, right? Is just fucking crazy. Um, where can people contact you, find out more? Yeah. Uh, well first, thanks for having me on great chatting. And yeah, if you have you know more questions, whatever, like I'm always down to you know, chat about this stuff, but yeah. but yeah, if any of this, you know, to, to your, your awesome audience, if any of this, you know, sounds cool, interesting, you like what you're hearing. Um, like I said, people is like, that's the most important thing to me. Um, trying to meet more people, you know, better people, make connections. So yeah, uh, reach out on my website, nateginsberg.com. And uh, also you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, if you like yoga and travel, those are like two big things. Um, yeah. At least on my it's Instagram. Real big into yoga. I've seen your yoga stuff <laughs> on Facebook and stuff. Looks dope. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty big into yoga. It's been so, so yeah, if, if, if any of those things, if you're into any of those things or any of those sounds interesting, um, yeah, hit me up, connect. would love to chat. Um, 
we're always hiring, looking to, you know, bring on, you know, more team members. If uh, you're looking for investment, um, if you want to invest, you know, uh, we're open to opportunities. So, so yeah, love to chat. We'd love to connect. Always looking for amazing and like-minded people to, to collaborate with. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, I'm going to walk outside of Starbucks here and just kind of show people where I am because I never got to do a tour. And if it, if the internet disconnects, then it disconnects, but let me show you where I am right now. Uh, oh yeah. Also you have been to Canton fair. I forgot to get into this subject. <laughs> what did you think of the Canton fair? Cause we're going next week and what benefits did you get out of it? Yeah. I think the best stuff is like networking, you know, I mean, you can learn a lot about a product really quickly. So it's like, Oh, I want to sell an umbrella and then go talk to five umbrella manufacturers, you know, in an hour. And, uh, and, uh, with yeah and it's good to like you know meet people that that go there what uh what, what what starbucks where are you in guangzhou um i have no idea uh we literally got here yesterday um i'm at this this starbucks i don't know there's a million yeah, starbucks yeah. in guangzhou yeah, there are a lot of them. yeah i've already look, seen a, another intersection that almost looks exactly like this but guangzhou yeah. is amazing like super oh. clean and everyone's riding the electric bikes and yeah. super wide streets um i've done some really some really goofy yoga in guangzhou where like they don't speak any english like i'm the only guy and only non-chinese person yeah. uh but yeah you know it's i don't know it's always fun uh so what would you go back to the canton fair is like has that been what, yeah did that, i mean it's did that contribute good. to your success or uh, yeah, I mean, getting FaceTime in with some, you know, manufacturers or sourcing reps and meeting in person. And I've met, I've met some great people there. I'm thinking about going after the, the Bangkok event in, in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Uh, might probably be a last minute decision. So do you go, uh, are you coming here to visit your suppliers? Is that, is that what you mean? Um, yeah, I, I have. I have. Uh, this trip would probably be more about, you know, connecting with other sellers or, you know, yeah, but, but yeah, um, I, I also have, you know, met with a bunch of suppliers at Canton. Cool. Cool. Uh, have you, have you ever gone to visit your factories or has that factored into getting the best yeah. pricing? I mean, you know, uh, the relationships important. I've never visited factories, but like I've met these people, but, uh, you know, a handful of times. We, we do a lot of work with the sourcing company and like they, so I, I kind of have on my team people that are, I'm not the one who's like, you know, talking to the manufacturers. There's a few other people that are doing that. And like, oh, yeah, you. the relationship's important. And we have some, you know, Chinese people on our side that, that communicate with them. So uh, to, you know, not get ripped off. Okay. Interesting. So is that the Chinese person? Is that one of your team members or you just work with a sourcing agent? It's this sourcing business they're kind of like our sourcing partner and like we've done a lot of work with them and they're a, they're like a definitely a part of our you know process and system they've, they've been great we've learned a ton and and yeah they, they've helped us a lot okay awesome yeah i'd be interested in learning more about that i'll hit you up later maybe get that contact or something but okay i'm just gonna walk out just so you guys get a better view uh and then i'll let you go i'm just walking out into the intersection here maybe it'll cut out beautiful Guangzhou, china yeah yep 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 uh, all right connection getting unstable there it is all right man uh well that was dope we'll talk soon um uh, links in the description people
My pleasure. Sounds good. Sounds good. Good luck at the fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure, you'll probably see some Facebook posts about the fair. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Well, enjoy. Yep. All right, thanks. Talk soon. Thanks for watching, guys. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on.